integrity very important. In fact, ministers with financial integrity is a reality today. When it comes to money, there's nothing ministers cannot do. We will keep talking about it. When it comes to money, there's nothing ministers cannot do. We will keep talking about it because it's happening every day. Like, for example, if you read the Punch newspaper of this morning, a pastor was arrested, he stole, and he was involved in a fraud, white fraud, of 200 million. A pastor in one of our biggest churches. They wrote it there, in one of our Pentecostal churches. Go and buy today's punch, you see there. And you know this issue of aircraft, 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 we were talking the other time, and some people were talking nonsense. Go and read paper today. Government has come out with a policy three months ago, I mean three weeks ago. Because what they discover is that most of those people that own aircraft, including pastors, they were shitting government. They brought it in as a private aircraft, registered it abroad, and they were using it to do charter services. So government have come out with a policy. It's in today's paper. Go and read it. They wrote it there. A lot of pastors are involved. What image do we have in Nigeria? And you say they don't respect pastors, they are killing us, and uh, they don't respect Christianity. How will they respect, respect us when we are behaving the way ungodly people are behaving when it comes to money? And some people that are not informed, they, ah, they are shouting. What is wrong with a minister using aircraft? Everything is wrong with it, sir. Because if you know what it means, you can, I say it, I wrote it, I write it, and I'll come to write it. You can't buy aircraft in Nigeria as a minister with the money from the church. You must be getting that money from somewhere. You must be stealing and doing, uh, what do they call it? Oil uh, bunkering. Because we we'll maintain it. <laughs> and you know, because some, some people like us, we cried and we shouted, we wrote articles, we did everything. So they went and commercialized it in order to be bringing money. Because parking an aircraft alone is money. You land, money. You take off, money. Hello, hello. Alpha 234, climb to 10,000 feet. You are permitted because there's an aircraft in 12,000 feet. You pay for that, oh. That's communication, no. You pay for pilot, you pay for co-pilot, you pay for air hostess, for landing, you pay. Where you pack it, you pay. Where you pay. Hello, my jealous, eh? Oh, wow, I laugh when I know some people tell us we are using to evangelize as if there's airport at the back of every church. You know, Nigerian Christians, to me, we are too gullible. Some people say something, all of us say, hey, oh. When it comes to integrity, we must be open and transparent. And you know, when you live a life beyond your means, there's no way you will not mess up. May God help us. Psalm 12, verse 1. Help, Lord, for godly men seize it. And the faithful fail among the children of men. That's Psalm 12, verse 1. John 1, 47. Jesus talked about uh, uh, Nathaniel. There is an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guy. That is what the Lord is asking for. Somebody that is plain, straight, open, 
transparent when it comes to money. Both how we make it, how we manage it, and how we spend it. Both your personal money and church money. Plain, open. Psalm 11, verse 3 says, It is the righteous and the man with integrity that God will bless. Psalm 15, verse 2 to 6 is then your material. It says that, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? He that have clean hands and integrity of heart and life. So when it comes to money, there is no area that has that put pressure on our integrity as to the issue of money. Now integrity is the quality of being honest, of being honest and having strong moral principles. It is the character of a Christian. A Christian should embrace integrity because it is an essential trait found in godly and upright people. So if you want to say you are upright, you must have integrity. Integrity means your words and your actions, they agree together. You do what you say and you, you deliver on what you promise. Integrity, your words and your actions must agree together. We must be honest, especially the way we make money. You know, if we preach this message and if we practice this in our life, the church in Nigeria will become better. Because some of us, we can preach it, but we can't practice it. There are areas that were skeletons in our combat. But take it or leave it. It is integrity that will take us to heaven. People don't respect pastors. Go to Facebook. Go to Facebook. Go to Twitter. Go to all the social media. Go to newspapers. Go to everywhere. Pastor is a joke. Like I told you, the joke they sent to me yesterday. We are the put of jokes. Because why? People know that we don't have integrity. People know that the average pastor can do anything for money. Let me say this to you. I won't mention name, but I know the person. Some group of politicians were talking in this Lagos state. If you look at Lagos state, we are in trouble. And say we pray. And I'll tell you the trouble we are in. Did you know that Lagos state made a law that service on Sunday should not pass 2 p.m.? Do you know that Lagos state made a law that there should be no vigil? Oh, sit down there. All this under environmental pollution and all those things is under those laws. But do you know the truth? Somebody was asking one of them, one of their leaders, say, You make these laws, and yet it is this, this state is full of Christians. So, is there, all their leaders are in my pocket. I know, and I have it on good record. There are many top leaders that are collecting monthly salary from Lagos State. Oh. So when it comes to integrity, how many of us are free? And that's why when government come out with some policies, you wonder, church leaders, we can't talk, we won't talk. Everybody's afraid. And so that it will not be. It's not because they are afraid of their life. They are afraid of what they have eaten. Okay, take it now. Look at Governor Fashola that is there. Do you remember that time uh, Pedro, who was the deputy governor of Lagos State, and he, remember, he wants to become a governor. At least if I don't know anyone, I know that one. Do you know pastors go to his house at body loan? Pastor I was involved with PFL by then. In fact, the whole of Ikeja, Ikeja, 
up to Songo Day. I was their deputy vice chairman. When we got to meeting, they said, ah, we must do something. I said, this is not your call. This is not your call. Ah, they edged me out. <laughs> they said, I'm speaking blasphemy. And some of them went and become pulling agent. Pastor, pulling agent. You can't need police call there. Have a loop, ah. When we came to a meeting, they said we should protest. I said, protest for what? Is that where God sends you? You, you, pastor. Pastor! You're going to become a pulling agent for a politician. What a shame. The average politician believes that if you can give money to a pastor, that pastor will change his sermon. He will change his message. And that's the truth. It started from the days of Obasanjo. You know, the pastors are the ones that corrupt Obasanjo. You remember at a point, Obasanjo was saying, pass on my foot. Of course, everybody condemns him. But in the secret, pastors are really his foot. I remember we visited the states. Uh, we met somebody close to the governor. And the governor was saying, we thank God for you people. You people did not ask for money. That you help us talk to them. That's governor asking us. Help us talk to them. Because they use prophecy to terrify us. And they will collect money so that they will pray. So that the prophecy will not come to pass. At the end of the day, they will discover it's just a figment of a... Too many, too many ungodly things. In the name of what? Money. But let's move on. You should seek to be honest in your financial dealings. You must be honest with yourself, with God, and with others. You must seek to do things that are right. Your source of income must be open, must not be ambiguous. If somebody asks you, Esther, where do you get money to do this? You should be able to explain. In actual fact, as a minister over a church, whatever they give to you, either somebody donate a car or whatever, be open, be transparent. No color, color. Now you can see there, I've said so much about that, so I will not get there. Dishonesty in ministry. Now if you read that John chapter 12, verse number 6, it's always an amazement to me that they said, you know when this woman came, and put this anointing oil, a perfume on Jesus. And the, 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 the old door filled the whole house. And Judas said something. Look at it. Oh, look at it. Oh, it amazes me. Judas said, uh-uh. Why this ways, woman? We could have sold this thing and make much money there. John, the beloved. He commented, because you believe he's the one who wrote the John Gospel. He said, Judas said that not because he loves the poor, but because he's a thief. He's the one that takes what is in the bag. You know what amazes me? Every other person knows that he's a thief, and yet they didn't collect the bag from him. And you know another thing I landed. If you are a crook, brethren, we know. We may not talk, oh, but your secret will soon open. 
If I'm a crook, you will soon know. I may come here and be saying things, but in time to come, you will discover my crookedness. The same thing in ministry, the same thing in life. We may not know, but in time to come, like the disciple said, he said that, not because he loves the poor, but because he's a thief. He's the one that takes things that are in the bag. And you know, in the day of his trouble, nobody was there with him. May God deliver us from stealing. May God help us to have financial integrity. Now let's look at how do you develop financial integrity. How do you develop your principles? The honest man is the noblest work of God. That's what Alexander Pope says. Now how do we develop financial integrity in ministry as a minister? Number one, be sure of his calling and mandate over your life. If God has called you, he will provide for you. You know, I always say that there are three kinds of calling. God calls you, you call yourself, or you call God. Now, if you call yourself, you'll be in trouble. If you call God, you'll be in trouble. But if God is the one that calls you, you don't have trouble. And you walk at the place he wants you to walk. He'll provide. Number two, determine to be truthful, honest, and sincere in your words, in your finances. Please, I beg you, don't cut corners. Especially those of us working in denominations. I know denominations have a lot of financial policies that are not right. For example, you are pastor of a church. You suffer for the church and the church is growing. But the denomination, the financial policies are bring 100% of the tithes. Please take it to them. No, say, ah, but we have needs here. We have needs here. How, how can they ask for 100%? I won't take them 100%. Even your dickens will come around. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If we take that 100%, that means if we see 100,000, we should take it there. And they should say, you spend your offering. Hey, how much is offering? Two, three thousand. That's how we can survive, oh. Let's spend everything we see. When we finish, the one that remains, we'll tell them that is what we realize. Don't partake in it. Am I talking to somebody? Don't cut corners. Because you never know where you are going. And it will stand against you. I once worked in a church like that. They didn't ask for 100%. They asked for 70%. And we're a young church, just about two years old. If I arrived from the first day with this service, the service said we should be bringing the 70%. There are days that by the time we remove the 70%, nothing is left. Even the little 500 naira they will give me, they won't be able to give it to me. I said I prefer it that way. I didn't know I was working for my future. And I thank God I have a deacon, a very honest man, who said, Pastor, Pastor, let's give them their money. And we'll give it. In fact, out of his pocket, he will give me money. By the time I was leaving that church, years later, and our GO want to curse me, people were coming to me, people that can tell the story, they know the story they are around. I said, I'm not afraid. Because I never took their money. A curse costless shall not come. And thank God, no curses affect me. Because I was sure, I didn't doctor the books. I didn't take their money. I rather went hungry then than take part of their 70%. Please don't cut corners. Because they may not know today. But in the, in the record of God concerning you, is there. And tomorrow, when God calls you, that thing will stand against you. You know, Jesus has a question. And that question is a big question. In Luke chapter, I think in Luke chapter 11, he was talking about covetousness. 
And he was talking about associate ministers. That if you are not faithful in little things, who will give you great things? Then he had another question. He asked a question. I saw it recently. He said, if you are not being faithful in handling the unrighteous mammon, who will give you true riches? I said, wow. So there's a difference between unrighteous mammon and true riches. In other words, if you are not faithful in handling the money that belongs to others, who will give you eternal riches? The way you handle the money of your denomination shows either you are qualified or will be disqualified in God blessing you with two riches here and hereafter. So, to maintain integrity, I know there will be pressures. Some of the deacons in your church will put pressure. Yes, we can't take all this money. Oh. Tell them to take it. Oh. Hello? Be truthful. Don't doctor the books. I know that's a hard call, but it's a true call. I've told you, the laborer is worthy of his work, of his wages. And the employer of the laborer is God. And is the one that will pay. Don't say they are the one paying me. They are not the one paying you. Your church, your church employs you, but God is the one that calls you. Number three, play. Pray and plan to preach the gospel freely to others. May God take you there. Where you can preach the gospel. What? Oh? You know me, I'm still praying. I'm still praying. I'm still praying. That you get to a time. I can do a free conference. Of course, that means some people will have sponsored it. Amen. Thank you, Daddy. And I know you won't come for free conference. If you come for free, it's a sign of Antichrist. You know when Antichrist comes, everything will be free, 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 free. Before people know it, they have entered bondage. <laughs> Amen. Now, see, praying to get support that I can do it free. Eh? Uh, I won't do it free because I want you to be blessed. Okay, when I do it free, there will be no material. Just come listen and you go. Uh huh. But no. But God will take us there anyway. Say a better amen. amen. Plan for that. Don't put your financial burden on people. Don't come to pulpit and you are saying, I thank God for my wife. Oh, yesterday. Oh, that woman. That woman. May God bless you. Yesterday. The only Gary that is left in the house, she soaked it. And she slept without complaint. May God bless this woman for me. I'm just paraphrasing what Pastor says. So. And you know, when they say that, someone will say, hey, ah, hey, what a woman. So you are saying that so that people can bring uh, money. That's not ministry. A true minister is somebody that is in sickness and yet is pronouncing healing to others. A true minister is somebody that doesn't have anything at home and yet will come around and say, God will bless you. You will never lack. And God will confirm his word. And after service, will go and say, Baba God, I've told your word to people and you are confirming. Do something for me also. As a minister. We are trained not to put our burden on people. That's why I'm sorry for people that doesn't go to training and they are ministers. I once witnessed one in a church. They, call, they contributed offering. I was sitting down after administration. 
and he turned to the offering box. He took five. He said, look at it. Five, five, naira, five, five, naira. Those were the days when they were still printing five, five, naira. Five, five, naira. And he tore it into two. And kicked the... Yeah. And kicked it away. I said, this is a, this is a money monger. Whatever they give is what they have. If your work and your ministration has really added value to their life, they will give more than that. I know I operate with a principle, a policy. You don't have rights to collect money from people if you have not teach them how to make money. Clean money. Godly money. In fact, today, when some people bring money to our church, we need to ask questions. We need to pray, Lord, should I receive it or not? But you never know where they are bringing it from. Because that's another thing we need to emphasize. Because a lot of, Lord, I need rich men to bring money to me. I need rich men. In March, I was... Okay, I traveled. I went to do a seminar somewhere. So we're flying back to London. We were discussing the aircraft. Me and one pastor. I deliberately poke him with words. So we're talking. Then we got to a point. I was, God just helped me. I was saying many things. I didn't know they were affecting him. Then he shot me a question. He said, sir, I have a father in the Lord. Listen to me, oh. So that those who are bringing money, you can think twice. And you can pray. He said, he had a father in the Lord. He said, sir, what advice will you give to me in this situation? That I had a father in the Lord that... He said recently, he opened a church, and I know the church. In fact, the lift in that church was imported from America. In fact, they used about six million to clear it from port. So you can know the amount of that lift. Lift in you, phew, fool. Lift in you, nishoshi. So he said, that that building somebody gave more than 600 million for that building he said but recently when the person bring 20 million the Lord will tell that man of God don't collect it he will bring 50 million and will tell him return his money to him he said on the few occasions he refused to return the money one of his pastors died and as he was speaking to me, that was just March this year that he had lost three pastors. And another one is on sick bed now, almost died. He says, sir, what do you say to that? <laughs> I laughed. He said, because the man of God is confused. Like, is he God speaking to you or is he devil? I laughed. He says, sir, you're laughing. I say, yes, I'm laughing. He said, what's the solution? I said, that is blood money. That those three pastors, their blood were used for that 600 million. And any money he brings, okay, now to, it was then he said, hey, you are right, sir. I said, how? He said, he was telling me, man, that recently, that same person, he's a Nigerian. Brother, here, he said, <laughs> that same person said, sir, you don't have church bus. Let me buy a bus for you. And he bought a coaster bus for the church. But the Lord told that servant, 
don't take that bus. He said he was even already at the airport. He wants to fly out. He has to call one of his pastors. Return that bus. I said, good. I said, if he has collected that bus, he will pack members there, go along the way, have an accident, 10 people dead. I said, it's to, their blood is to refill. He said, ha. Yes, sir, that is what is happening. I said, blood money. Tell your father in the Lord, he should even return some of those money. We are going to be lifting, but that's America. Because, I mean, only Jakunu lift here. No, on a serious note. That's why you see today, you will see that there's one church at Odolowu there every year. Somebody must fall down and die. Either an electrician or a plumber or whatever. No, those things are not normal. So some of the people bringing money to you, you have to go and pray. Shebi Baba Adeboye said it. Some people brought money to him. As he wants to collect it, the Lord said, no, don't collect it. Give it back to them. And he gave it back to them. The third day, those people were arrested. They were armed robbers. If he had collected it, they would mention his name. That is the one. Is the Ababai Saleh. So when it comes to the issue of money, serious issue, that you need to pray very well. Eh? I have, I have, a, I have a somebody supplying money in our church. Anytime I call him, we say, Pastor, don't mention. In fact, somebody came to a pastor, yes, sir. When it comes to needs in the church, don't say it from the pulpit again. Ha uh-huh. What are we here for? Yes, sir. We, any money you need, we will supply. Eh? Okay. They have become your God. Number four now. Don't ever, and please underline that, don't ever commercialize the what? The ministry. Don't charge and don't use money as measuring your stick for ministry sources. People want to invite you. They say, how much will you collect? That's an insult to a man of God. Can they buy your anointing? Somebody said it to me. I say, I beg your pardon. That's an insult. I say, I'm sorry, sir. Because the stories we hear about is that people like you charge. I say, never. I have never. And I will never. To come and do seminar and training for your people, I don't charge. But if you want to buy my books and my materials, uh-huh, you pay for that. That one is different. I'm providing products. But for me to come and preach and teach, Never. I said, but we don't know that. I said, that's your problem. You are the one that knows the stories you've been listening to. I said, but some people charge us. I said, that's them. Not me. Hello? Don't ever charge. Stop pursuing gains and business dealings in ministry. Don't be a money monger. So that you see everything in ministry as a means of making what to. Look up at me. There are some of us. Every anniversary we do. Money. Every program, money. I remember a Ghanaian minister. He came around some few years ago and went to a church. You remember that your brother's church? And said he must collect so so amount, and they must put him in so so hotel, and he will raise so so amount, and they will share it. Sixty forty, forty for church, sixty for him. He came, they agreed. 
I don't know what you are looking for in a guest speaker. That a guest speaker will tell you, I want to collect 500,000. What is he going to say? Is it not this word of God? He must have been doing juju. And he said, I will raise also amount. Where God would disappoint them is that he couldn't raise the amount. And when you can't get the body one, Jade. He called 100,000, nobody came up. He called 200,000, people say, Now lie. By fire, by force, we reject this one. He even called 50,000, people bone face, so we don't contribute this time. And at the end of the day, we couldn't raise the money. But you know the corruption? He still expected the few he raised for them to be paid. In fact, he was writing letters to some men of God that they should talk to that pastor that he should give him his money because that's the arrangement. That's what ministry has come to. And people like that, they appear for some time. They disappear. Because you cannot commercialize the gift of God. Number five. Understand the financial dealings of God in your life. I said that so much yesterday. I explained that so much yesterday. So you must know how God is dealing with you financially. Number six, you must separate your personal money from ministry money. Tell somebody, did you hear that? Even if you are the one that bought the land, bought the equipment, do the building, everything, let it be on record. I spent five million to do this. Then form a financial committee. In the spirit of giving, I'm giving church two million, I'll collect three million back. Because the church is not your private property. It's a public property. So you must be clear. Your separate account must be different from church account. And that church account, at least two, three people must sign and countersign with you. It's on the side of integrity. Don't just say, ah, my church, they trust me. When it comes to money, they don't trust any pastor. You are the one that will make yourself trustworthy. Do everything in an open way. It's important. And daddy will trust you. You are not a thief. Well, okay, something happened yesterday. I'm sorry for saying it, but something happened yesterday. Somebody kept a car with us. And uh, somebody wants to buy the car. So the person came. And after negotiation, uh, he said he's going to pay. He said we should give him the account to pay. I asked the person who owns the car to bring the account. Bring the account. Bring the account. He said, no, sir. It's my account. I said, Lala. It's your vehicle. Oh yeah, give me the account. And we gave the account to the person who bought it. And the person paid to the account. And we said, okay, come and collect your car. You know, this morning, that person came to me and said, when you asked me to bring my account, that they should pay to it. I was saying, ah, ah, what's your problem, sir? I trust you, you can't shit me. He said, I didn't understand. He said, but now I understood. Because apparently when she told some, some people, some people say, hey, so I don't want to shit you out of your car. He has to be telling the people, no, he didn't shit me. In fact, they paid that rent to my account. Nothing touches his hand. That's how to keep integrity. And I didn't know some people would say, I want to shit. I didn't know. But I just decided, no, let them pay directly to you. I don't need your money in my account. In fact, they, if I see my statement of account... Somebody will ask me, where, do you, where does this money come from? I have to be explaining, hey, somebody's car that I, uh, 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 let them pay, it's your own, do whatever you like with it. Because 
So separate your personal money from your what? Hello? Let me teach you something. You know, especially those of you who are overseers and you are the founder of your church. Or even if you are a senior pastor. And someone says, yes, sir, but if I give them all the money, everything, what, uh, what will be left for me? It's very easy. Even that money you get to them, they have account. Who gets that? Love you. And then they no longer come to see. Let me tell you what I was doing when I was a pastor. We will pay their 70% and pay everything. Even the day money comes into the church. <laughs> I mean, that's why when I was pastoring, I don't want rain to fall on Sunday morning. Because it will spoil business. So they say, hey, I'll keep all their money. But I didn't have money. So after they did everything, they did whatever. I'll go to the people. I need money. At least I'm your pastor. Will your pastor go hungry? Uh-huh. Uh, one of them asked me, Yes, sir, this money that we want to give you, what do we write? I said, write whatever, but don't write my name. I said, what should we write? I said, what's your problem? Don't you know accounting? Support? Assistance? Welfare? Miscellaneous? It's not possible. But Francis Bolaki John, not possible. Bye-bye, my darling. No, on a serious note, any church that fails to take care of a pastor is a church under course. Any church that says, eh, should be you the collect salary pastor, and uh, you don't need to give him anything during the week, you are under course. The laborer is worthy of his wages, and the ass that trades the corn must not be muzzled. You can give things to pastor. Those are accounting languages I use for you. We can support his house. We can support his residence. We can support uh, whatever, whatever. In fact, a good pastor that is really working. Did you hear what the Bible says? An elder that is working well is counted worthy of double honor. And Galatians chapter 6 verse 6 says that you must communicate in that teachers in all good things. So there's nothing wrong in paying our pastor well. There's nothing wrong. Like I remember a church, they have a general salary scale. For example, 50,000 for pastors at Ikeda. But they also put it there that if you have money and if your pastor is really working, you can pay more than that. There's nothing wrong in that. And when you want to write account, don't say, eh, we give it to pastor, assessor, rara, hey, come, come, eh? support, eh, welfare. Uh, giving. Have you know they do giving? Uh Number seven. Don't keep church and ministry money with you. Did you hear me? For even for security purpose. Don't you know robbers come to church today? Especially the day you do Thanksgiving. They've killed a number of pastors like that. They say, Where is the money? Where is the Thanksgiving money? He shouldn't be with you. Even not for that, it should, it's wrong for it to be with you. Have a church treasurer. Have a ministry account. Have all that thing. Yes! Number eight. Don't borrow money from members. Did you hear that? Don't ever. Number nine. Don't ever do business with members. Or where? Inside the church. 
If you have business ideas, let them do it outside. And if anybody come with business ideas, <laughs> introduce him. Uh, 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 Brother Oluagbotire says that he has a business idea. Uh, uh, he, those of you that are interested, go and meet him. Oh, and whatever you discuss, oh, why? Oh, you are your own. Most of us here, Keshonira Oshuban. I don't want trouble here. Because you see, when Sunday at Delaja, the man was the largest church in Europe, and that genuine man of God is a friend. I know him very well. That was a little mistake they made. And that church is still in trouble till today. And the government wants to capitalize on that to scatter the church and send him out of the country. Because some members, they started a business. It's a property business. It's a property business. They buy houses, they buy houses, they build estate and all those things and they sell it. And when you invest, you make money. He made money and other people made money. His mistake was that he came to a meeting, workers' meeting, to announce it and give credibility to those people that, is the, that they are our people. And people willingly donate money. Initially, the thing was okay. But in 2008, when the financial meltdown came, they couldn't sell those houses. They couldn't do all those things. So the entire research, it is the same members who went to government and reported that he's shitting them, that he's the one that is in charge. Whereas it's not a director, it's not anything. It's also a good business opportunity and share it with members. Be careful in your church. A pastor recently is still in trouble. His church of 1,500 has reduced to 70 because of the same mistake. He saw a business opportunity, brought it to church. Unfortunately, he announced it as if his own. And people gave him money. He went and put it in there. He did it, the money. He went and put it in business. And business collapsed. You know, every business is a risk. And when it involves money, be so careful. Especially other people's money. You are a pastor. You are not a businessman. Many times on my email, people will say, Hey sir, we hear that you are pastors under you. You are a genuine pastor. We have a business deal. Please, they will call me from London from here. My usual answer. I am not a businessman. Ah, we know you have integrity. Ah, take it to somewhere else. Not me. Hey, what's your problem? Gonna? I say my problem is my problem. I'm not a businessman. They will have put you in trouble. And that's why all these 419 people, they defraud pastors, they defraud people, they defraud them. Please be careful. The Lord will bless you. Don't do business. You know, many years ago, they were assassinating bishops. This is the secret. Bishops were doing business with members. Pastors were doing it. Please don't do it. Even if you are a businessman, pastor, go and do your business with outsiders. If you are not a full-time minister, go and do it outsiders. Not with church members. Because it has destroyed many churches and it will continue to destroy ministers. When it comes to money matters, for example, me, I have a policy. I don't borrow people money. Because if you know the law, you won't enter into, especially members, and church money. You want to borrow members. They won't pay. They will go away. You lose them. You lose the money. When somebody comes around, Esa, 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 eh, I think, I think the church should borrow me money. I want to use it. What for? Eh, 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 there is something we want to do. Church should borrow me, oh, they should not let this opportunity pass by, oh. How much do you need? 
Inside there is 100,000. Okay, wait, you are coming. Go and do your meeting. Bring 10,000. Yes, sir, this one is not borrowing. It's a gift from the church. You are saving yourself. Because if you borrow him 100,000, risk. The business will collapse. Even if the business succeed, he won't bring the money back. He believes it's part of his own... Uh, that these pastors are eating it. They are coming out of And one day you are preaching. You didn't mean him more. You didn't even know he's in the service. You are just preaching. The Bible says, Thou shalt own no man anything. If you owe money, pay. The after service say, You see? They are using me to preach. What? How much did I borrow? How much? Even America don't get busy. One of America. Don't do business. And finally, don't put your financial future in the hand of where Genesis 30, 30. When shall I prepare for my own house? Please prepare for your financial future. Don't trust the salary, the pension. Oh, somebody retired from a church recently. After about 30 years of service. You know how much they gave him? They gave him about 300,000. After how many years? They were even generous. Eh? 1,000 naira for one year. <laughs> so that's what you, That's even a good show show. Uh, only for 300,000. For 30 years, meritorious service. What are you at the bottom? So be one, no. That should be a lesson for you. And this is go and still, oh, thank God we have learned ways to attract money. But please, don't put your financial future in the hand of your church. The Lord will bless you. Let's stand up to pray. Hallelujah. Shall we rise up on our feet and begin to take the following prayer points? I pray for you that from henceforth, everything called financial problem the lord will solve them for you in jesus name let's close our eyes and cry out to god in prayer the first teaching of the president says that places to discover money number point two there says you get money from people i pray god will give us good people that will give us money for the assignment in jesus name cry out to god in prayer say my father my father my father you are not crying enough. Say, my father, my father, my father. Give me good people that will support my ministry. Let's talk to God in prayers. Let's talk to God in prayers. Cry out to God in prayers. Lord, we ask that you give us good people. Good people that will support our ministry. That will support our vision. That will support your work in our hands. Lord, we ask that you send them to us. Give us good people, O oh Lord. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask that you give us good people. Wherever people that will support our vision, our ministry, wherever they are, Lord, send them to us. Lord, send them to us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. He better, amen. He better, amen. He better, amen. 
number five points under that topic says that where you do get money where this about money he said from the ideas from ideas and i wrote in my own handout here whatsoever your mind can conceive your hand can achieve i want us to cry out to god say my father say my father give me new ideas say give me new ideas that will bring money to my ministry let's cry out to god in prayers let's cry out to god in prayers lord we ask for ideas we pray that the spirit of the living god will make us to conceive new ideas lord that will help our ministry to become better that will provide the money that we need for our ministry lord give us new ideas new ideas in the mighty name of our lord jesus christ thank you faithful father oh blessed be the holy name in jesus name we pray one more prayer point very quickly if you listen to the teaching since yesterday uh you may calculate, agree with me that there are three things that work together here the man the ministry the money the man the ministry the money i wrote in my paper it takes you becoming a right man to attract the right money for the ministry i want you to cry out to god and that is talking about the subject of integrity god is still blessing his ministers ministers who have integrity you are going to cry out to god raise your two hands to the heavens emily and shout say my father say my father make me the man that can handle money rightly say my father make me the man that can handle money rightly let's talk to god and pray us in the mighty name of jesus cry out to god in prayers lord we ask that you make us men and women that will handle money rightly in the way that you cause heaven to be opened for us financially lord make us a man 